Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So this morning we pick up where we left off last week in Romans chapter 8. Last week we heard that we have received the spirit of adoption as sons. How in the waters of baptism God has changed our status from slaves to sons. How he has given us the Holy Spirit to give us the faith that would believe this. And that through that faith he planted in us, we have an inheritance waiting for us in the future, which gives us hope even now. Today, we continue from there. As St. Paul tells us more about that inheritance to come, what it is we are waiting for. And so our theme this morning is the glory that is to be revealed. Our text read or reads, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now here, St. Paul is describing two glories, if you will, which are really linked together. The glory that is to be revealed for us, the children of God, specifically in the redemption of our bodies, and secondly, the glory that is to be revealed for all of creation, when it is set free from its bondage to corruption. So both we and the creation itself wait eagerly with groaning for this glory to come. Why the groaning? Well, because of this bondage to corruption. This is where we find ourselves now, both we and this fallen creation we live in. That's our present reality, isn't it? We ourselves are caught in this bondage to corruption. Decay, decline, disease, disability, and then eventually death. This is our common lot in life. A long losing battle that ends in death. You can feel it in your bones, can't you? Our joints are aching, and some of us more than others. We can't do what we used to do, though sometimes we try, hence the aching joints. While some people say that age is just a number, the truth is that age seems to be doing a number on us as we go groaning toward the grave. That doesn't even take into consideration the bondage to corruption that creation experiences. The world doesn't work the way it should. There's a certain beauty still remaining in creation, to be sure, but the roses are covered with thorns. Disaster and futility mark the world we live in. Crop failures, famine, flood and drought, tornadoes, tsunamis, earthquakes, wildfires. The earth itself is groaning, as in pains, birth pangs, brutal heat and bitter cold, plagues of locusts and paradise lost. Yes, paradise lost. This is where all this decay and disorder comes from. We lost paradise. 
that beautiful garden we were given in the beginning. That garden was very good, God said. Everything worked in beautiful harmony. God had entrusted us with the care of his creation. And that work was a joy, not a burden. God's blessing rested upon us. But then we thought we could do better than God. We wanted to cut loose from our creator because we thought he was holding out on us. This was the fall into sin. And we're still repeating our human father's folly each and every day, aren't we? When you and I tune out God, ignore his voice, break his commandments, and go it our own way, we're replaying the sin of Adam. Where we are those sinners who have fallen, and we can't get up. The result of our sin was that we were driven out of the garden, and a curse came upon the earth. Women and men feel the effects of the fall in our bodies, in our work, in the conflict that mars our relationships, and in the futility and frustration we experience on a daily basis. Nature can be our enemy as much as it is our friend. Women experience pain in childbearing. Men experience pain in their working of the ground, thorns and thistles and toilsome sweaty labor. And then, for all of us, Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. But this isn't how it was meant to be. Everything is out of whack. Our bodies, the earth itself, all the result of sin and the curse that followed. What a sorry mess this bondage to corruption that we find ourselves in has led us to. But St. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, there are the sufferings we experience because we're humans living in a fallen world, sickness, disasters, loss of loved ones, and so on. And on top of that, there are the sufferings we endure for the sake of Christ because we're Christians, persecution, the world's scorn, the devil's temptations. Put them all together Paul says, stack them in a heap, and they are not even worth being compared to the glory that is to come. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Because the sufferings we experience seem to us to be pretty powerful, don't they? As we go through them anyways. But that shows just how wonderful, how surpassingly great and glorious is the glory that's going to be revealed. Of what does this future glory consist? Well, two things. The redemption of our bodies and the restoration of creation. Do you know that this body you have right now that you're sitting there in is going to be raised from the dead? It will be. Well, pastor, you say, is this really good news or bad news? Because if God's going to raise up this old creaky bag of bones for many centuries more to wear and tear, I'm, I'm not sure there's something to look forward to. Well, relax, my friends. It's going to be much better than that. The resurrection life to come is not just going to be a continuation of the present misery. Oh, you will be you. But the difference is you will be all right. Not all right, but all right. It will be your body, but raised up new and glorious, whole and working perfectly like it never has before. No more sickness, no more aches and pains, no more tears or sorrow. No more gout. I'm looking forward to that. No more diabetes. 
so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. 1 Corinthians 15. God, our creator, made man to be a whole creature, body and soul together. And that is how we will be raised and living in the age to come. Now, we won't be ethereal Casper the Friendly Ghosts floating around in puffy clouds. No, we will have real material bodies just like Jesus had after his resurrection. That's why he asked his disciples for food in the locked room after all, to prove to them that the resurrection of the body was as physical as theirs were. And that pointed ahead to the fact that ours would be too. As is written in the book of Job, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold him, not another. Job 19. Jesus returned in a physical body, just as we will when we are resurrected from the dead. Now, all the details of the resurrection of the body, I don't know. I don't. God doesn't tell us everything. That's why it's still to be revealed. But we do know enough to be excited about it and to wait for it eagerly. And not just our bodies, but all creation will be restored, Scripture tells us, new and whole and working perfectly. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 21. No more disasters. No more futility. No longer will nature be our enemy. It will be like the garden once again, only better. Paradise regained and then some. New heaven and a new earth. The new Jerusalem come down to earth. God dwelling with man. God, God's people living in harmony. God's beautiful creation more beautiful than ever. When we look at this world, and see the pain and feel the misery within us and around us being suffered by so many, we may want to weep and cry out with an aching heart. But at the same time, we know there is glory coming. It's on the way, and it will be glorious indeed. Creation restored as good as new and even better. We, God's baptized children, raised up unto everlasting life in new, glorified, perfect bodies, no longer subject to the pains and miseries we experience now, for in this hope we were saved. Fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, this knowledge of salvation, this hope that lives inside us, animated by the Holy Spirit, working through the gospel and the sacraments, this lively hope centered in Christ Jesus, our Redeemer, who died and rose and who is coming again, this is what makes our waiting worthwhile. It gives us strength to endure whatever suffering may come our way. It gives us a joy that is greater than our sorrows. It gets us going in the morning and in the afternoon and 
even in the evening of our days. The glory that is to be revealed, it is truly worth waiting for. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.